Hi, my name is Ben. I just wanted to preface this podcast real quick and introduce myself. Like I said, my name is Ben. I am the editor-in-chief here for the uh, Young, Dumb, and Alive podcast, and I am the uh, production manager here as well. I just wanted to introduce the podcast to you guys here as we go into our first episode of what will hopefully be many going forward. Uh, Like I said before, this is the Young, Dumb, and Alive podcast, and kind of what we do here is we just talk about shit. Um, I'm not normally on the show here. It is hosted by my friends here, Ethan and Fonte. Uh, they will be with you guys every week throughout every episode, every special guest, you know, obviously unless something goes down where they can't be here, they'll be the ones here talking to you guys. I will be the one behind the scenes, but I am here for the first week uh, and, you know, hopefully we can get this podcast rolling and you guys will enjoy it, but I'm just kind of going to hand it over to them and they can, you know, dive right into our topics for the week. Hi, I'm Ethan. My name is Fonte. And welcome to our podcast. You know, this has been said, this is our first episode of hopefully many, we're going to dive into a lot of topics, and it's going to be topics that you can relate to or that you've never heard about. Sometimes we're going to go to our social media to hear topics from other people to educate ourselves, and like, you know, Fonte and I like to live by, we like to be educated by other people, and that's what we live by, and so we hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as we like making it for you, and yeah. So I hope you enjoy. Kind of wanted to throw in there at the end, though, like, you know, you kind of made it sound really serious. But, you know, like I said earlier, as I was just doing the immediate introduction, uh, Young, Dumb and Alive is not a quote unquote serious podcast. Um, It's very much an eclectic podcast. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it just means it's a little bit of everything. So, you know, we'll talk about some serious topics, current events, politics, health, stuff like that. But we'll also talk about some silly stuff like, you know, comedy, you know, anything along those lines and even music and other things. Just just kind of general things that interest us and we hope that they interest you as well. So, you know, I played the new Call of Duty. Oh, man. Here we go with this one. And, <laughs> you know, with it having the Don't title Black Ops Cold War, you would think it would go back to Black Ops 1. Okay, yeah. And, you know, my little childhood with me just stuffing my fat fucking face with Doritos, you would think <laughs> that shit would have the same effect. I kid you not, I have not touched one single Dorito eating this fucking game. Man. Eating this game. Eating the game. Eating the game. <laughs> you was playing the game. That's what you was You still eating the game. Yeah. So, I don't know what anyone else's thoughts are on it, but I don't like it so far. Why you don't like the game? Well, let me just tell you why. It's, it's weird that you asked that. <laughs> so, the multiplayer is completely trash. Um, I don't like it. You know, they add four maps, you know, four guns in each category. All of them are overpowered in their own rights until you use that MP5. That MP5, it goes crazy, though. Well, I, hold on. I, got a, I got a question. What's up? Are you talking about leaks for Season 1, or did I straight up miss an update? Oh, well, I mean, the update hasn't happened yet, right? No, the update going to Yeah, it got delayed to December 16th. So, yeah, they just keep delaying. It was their supposed progress. to be December. Yeah, it's like, it's giving me kind of like cyberpunk vibes. No, 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 release- no. It's fully confirmed for December 16th. They, they confirmed it yesterday. During the, okay, uh, but it was fully confirmed for December 5th. And then it was fully confirmed for December, or December 1st, I'm sorry. Well, then it was fully confirmed for December 10th. Right. I now it's fully 10th. confirmed for December 16th. Well, we're going to see what happens on December 16th by the, for the time being. But I'm very excited for the update. And uh, I have to agree with Ethan on this one. Black Ops Cold War. It's not trash. The multiplayer is not trash. 
it's mediocre, but I mean, I mean, what can you say? They had a bad development, like they their development was bad. It wasn't the Black Ops Cold War wasn't even supposed to come out this year originally. It was supposed to come out next year, but well, it was a. It's kind of like you said, like it was a really weird development process for them. Like you know, it really was. They yeah. said. Like, they, so, you know, Call of Duty always comes out with a new game every year. Like, ever since, like, COD 4, they've released a new Call of Duty every single year at holiday season. Normally, Mm -hmm. it's November 14th. They always release a game. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing about it is, with uh, what happened with COVID, you know, during Modern Warfare's lifespan, because, you know, Modern Warfare came out in November 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, They were obviously already starting into development on the... 2020 COD, whatever that was going to be at the time, which, you know, has become Cold War. Um, They'd already started development on that, and then, you know, just a couple months after that game released, so it was, like, February or March that COVID hit. Um, And with the, when COVID hit with it in the game development process, it kind of threw a wrench in the works, and that was where we got that news where we weren't going to get another COD until 2021, and then they blindsided everyone this summer with the announcement of Cold War. Uh, this past summer of 2020 and i i think the 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 process the problem with it is honestly it's kind of like what you were saying fonte is like their development process was so weird and quirky this year that like they didn't release a polished game no not i don't all. think cold war the multiplayer specifically was polished at all and zombies you know they're adding stuff to zombies that should have been in it launch like don't get me wrong i love cold war zombies I have oh, yeah. probably 30 or 40 hours in Cold War, like, in-game, and, like, 29 of those hours are zombies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I have, like, 35 or 36 yeah. hours, and 28 or 29 of those I hours are zombies. Way, yeah. But, like, so with the Season 1 update, they've already conf- yeah. The question that, you know, that I want everybody to answer right now, do you think they should, like, instead of making the Call of Duty every single year, should they wait two years? Oh. Should they extend it for t- two years? You, me and you have got Yeah, we had this conversation argument. before. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a really good question, to be honest. Um, okay. Let me hear well, both me, of your guys' answers first, first yeah, and then I'll give you mine. <laughs> I'm emotional about this one. Oh. And oh, it got shoot. to a heated exchange exchange to say the least yeah i feel like call of duty needs to stick to that one year time period because call of duty got popular and is known for the amount of games that release and every single year there's a new call of duty that people look out for and it's almost like more and more and more and more and more content versus other games where it takes so long for a new game to come out, that it kind of just dries out. I'd say Call of Duty doesn't have that feeling because ever since they came out, they've come out with something every single year. So that's my opinion. I think it makes the game. I think it's what makes the game so popular and played is because the content is so new. It's so, like, it feels updated because it keeps coming out every single year. Because, I mean, graphics increase every single year almost it seems and if they drop a new game every year you're gonna just notice the game looking better and better and better because with the technologies that there are nowadays i mean yeah i mean i get what you're saying but at the same time though like just because the game coming out every single year sometimes they don't have less content for example black ops cold war you know what i'm saying and i feel like the reason personally for me the reason why i think 
Call of Duty should start coming out every two years because they have no time to, you know, figure out what they need to do, try to figure out the concept of the game, what, you know, gameplay mechanics that they should add and, you know, fix other things like bugs and stuff like that, add more content for everybody for, like, the first, you know, few months for, like, everybody to enjoy instead of, like, waiting for every single year because, I mean... To be honest with you, Call of Duty is kind of going downhill That's as hurtful. far as coming out every single year. That's hurtful. No, I mean, look, I mean, look, I'll give you two examples. World War Two, a very, very. Terrible I enjoyed game. that game. Huh? I enjoyed that game. I you're know. like you're like one of ten percent of people who fucking enjoyed, yeah, that, enjoyed game. that game. Yeah, that game is horrible, and, and, and they didn't really have enough time to fully develop the game as a whole. Like first time you play it, it's bugs. I never played a Call of Duty game that had so many bugs until World War II came out. Because you know why? Because they had enough development time. And then on top of that, the another reason why I think they should add another two years because it will gain more popularity. I think I found out why you like Cold War. Hmm? I think I found out why you like Cold War. Why? Because you get stuck in those bum-ass match matches with that dumb-ass matchmaking because yeah. you get the bums. That's why you like no, it. No, no. Because you ain't good. No, no, no. <laughs> Boy, stop playing with me. Listen. You ain't good. Man, fuck you. No, listen. I No, I think Cold War just have, it has so much potential. It, it did disappoint me just a little. But honestly, I think they should delay it to next year because they have more, you know, they have more time to polish up the game more. And then, like I said, like, take the Battlefield approach. Like, they... It takes them, what, two to three years to make a Battlefield game? And, it, you know, it blows people's mind every single time a Battlefield game comes out. And I think Call of Duty should do that instead of, you know, putting a game out every single year because, like I said, it will eventually get old. It will become stale. It will yeah. become stale. You know I mean, it, it's so to kind of go towards my answer on the topic, it's a bit deeper than just something as simple as, should they release every year or should they release every two years and looking at some games that haven't been going so well for the Call of Duty franchise, like just looking at some specific examples. I think this kind of overshadows a bigger problem um, and that is that Activision is getting lazy when developing COD games. It's not a function of can they put out a good COD game every year. It's that how lazy are they getting how low are they setting the bar for themselves every time they release a game because no one can deny that call of duty ever since black ops 2 has been on a heavy decline for the past several years and as soon as it hit 2020's the, modern warfare yeah, 2019's modern warfare uh um, I mean, <laughs> literally revived the franchise like that is something that almost everyone agrees upon is that oh, yeah. the the 2019 Modern Warfare completely revived the franchise. They went back to their roots when they developed the game. Simple movement, fluid gameplay, solid guns, good attachments, everything just felt good. Mm-hmm. And then we seem like we're in now it's it's a little hard to judge early because remember we are still within that like first month of Cold War releasing. It hasn't even been out for a month yet and we're all judging oh, yeah. it on Features and and gameplay mechanics that can be tweaked. Um, yeah, right. and that's so, why I was saying the games to have like it's, I see the game having like so much potential. Like it's well, going to be a completely different game by the time next year hits. I guarantee you it will. Yeah, and I mean that's that's just how it is. 
And so my point that I'm getting at here is it's difficult to judge Cold War this early because there's still a lot of room uh, for adjustments and changes to be made. But um, that does not excuse them for the fact that they have a long track record of producing polished COD games. Like you think about the COD games that are considered the greatest of all time, like the winning COD formulas, Black Ops 2, Black Ops 1, the OG Modern Warfare, COD 4, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3. The, it, it, those games are referred to as the golden era of Call of Duty. And that was when Call of Duty, every year they release a game, and every year they would have a new game sales record set, like for, for video game sales, because right. their games were just that good. Hold um, on, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. You know, since you're our manager and all, and you're pretty smart, <laughs> do you think that how fun Call of Duty has been? Because haven't you noticed, whenever Call of Duty stopped being fun, they stopped serving those taco Doritos. <laughs> whenever they removed those, Call of Duty just hasn't felt the same. And I really think it comes down to Doritos. <laughs> you know, we're not sponsored by them. Don't get me wrong. I hey, mean, but if, if you want to drop us a sponsorship, if you want to, <laughs> let me help you bring the taco Doritos back. However, you know, I just remember my fat ass sitting on that damn couch. He stuffed in my face with hamburger and taco Doritos. Ooh, the I hamburger mean, but ones, but, man. But, oh, yeah. but honestly, I think we should give like the newer Call of Duties a chance. Cause we we just so we just we just hit with nostalgia too much that would like negatively affects how we like feel about other newer Call of Duty games that you know that's coming out. Cause we always say we want this, but when this thing come, like no, why you do that? And we you know, so on and so forth. So well, why? I have a good you know thought. What? And you know I'm about to get deep here. Normally I'm not the guy to get deep, right? Oh boy. Um. That can be compared to how cultures feel about, not cultures, but generations. Mm-hmm. Cultures is not the right word for that. Mm-hmm. But generations feel about the generation under them or above them. Yeah, exactly. Because well, they're stuck in that feeling. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, so it's, it's like, go ahead. It, well, no, it's just funny that you bring that up because one of the things I was going to mention is so you and I, Ethan, have had various conversations about how Activision chooses to release content throughout the year for the COD games. And what I was actually literally just getting to when you interrupted with your stupid-ass Doritos question. It wasn't Uh, stupid. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What I was getting to is those conversations we've had and, like, those the golden formula for the best CODs that everybody considers to be, like, the best. They would release a well-polished game every single year with a decent amount of content at launch. And then throughout the year, they would release three DLC packs available for purchase. That is like what our generation considers the norm for games. Like, yeah, we've all complained. I'm sure everybody in their 20s has complained about having to buy uh, DLCs for games to get maps and game modes and, and, you know, skins and whatever you get with DLCs. You know, it always varied from game to game. But then a few years ago, Fortnite kind of took the world by storm. And really what what Fortnite signals for me... Now, I know I might upset a lot of people saying this. I don't really think Fortnite was a genuinely bad game. Like, I know a lot of people think... It gets a lot of hate. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I think Fortnite just signaled mm-hmm. a transition in gaming. Um, to be honest, our generation, you know, the tail end of the millennials and the beginning of the iGen or Gen Z, um, we all are, you know, in adulthood now. Like, you know, kids born in 2000 are in college right now. We're supposed to be in adulthood. Yeah, that's true. But you got to think about how many people out of the millions upon millions of people born between, just say, 1990 and 2000 are working full-time jobs, starting families. They don't have the time to play video games as much as they used to. And the people who are now playing video games are the people born 2005 to 2010. The 10 to 15 year olds and um like those kids uh are the ones who are currently playing video games and a lot of those kids one of the the trademark like the biggest things their gaming memories from their childhood is going to be fortnite and so activision changed their tactic as to how they release content by switching over to the battle pass structure that was so popular with fortnite that epic games kind of I won't, I won't say they created it because I've seen stuff like that in other games before, but they definitely popularized it. Um, and so with that, it's like with the advent of the battle pass structure, I think game companies, specifically Activision, as we're talking about COD, um, are getting lazier with the development of actual content and putting way more of their efforts into visuals and skins. Mm-hmm. And like, because these kids, you know, the, you know, if you look at Fortnite's numbers, like the money that the game makes, even still to this day, like we're recording this on the 11th of December, 2020. And, um, you know, the game has been out for three years now and it's pretty died down. Like the hype for Fortnite is definitely gone. Um, and yet they're still the making, zone. they're still making millions of dollars, like every oh, month, yeah. like easily. And I think that a big factor into that is the battle passes. Like, people are buying the Fortnite battle pass. They're spending V-Bucks in the item shop buying skins. And so I think game companies are getting lazy in developing the actual games and putting more effort into creating cosmetics because that's, like, the cash cow. The cash cow games used to be content. If your game had content and it was a DLC content, but it was a good DLC, you'd buy it. Like the Zombies DLCs for the first Black Ops. Ethan bought every single one of those because, yeah, they were $15 a DLC. Buying all three was essentially buying a whole other game. But Zombies credit card. But they they put all their heart and soul into those those zombie packs. It was absolutely amazing. You went from having... So so Black Ops 1 shipped with two maps. It shipped with Kino Dertone and 5. And those were the only two maps that it sh- that like you know it hit store shelves at launch with, and if you mm-hmm. bought those three DLCs, you went from two maps to I believe it was eight. Um, like you got a good chunk of maps out of it, and a lot of the maps were really large. Like Moon was a huge map. Yeah, that and was my favorite one. That's one of my favorite maps as well. And so they put a lot of time and development into the content that went into those DLCs which basically made the game itself a better game um, and was able to be like Activision's cash cow for the game. Whereas now, you know, people are kind people expect nowadays 
that all the content that's going to be in a game is added for free. And if you want to put money into it, you have to buy you're, – you're buying cosmetics. Um, we can kind of thank EA for that. That was EA's game. Yeah, because yeah, you know, um, it all started – honestly, it all started with, with Madden. You know, Madden is a very terrible example of what can, you know, microtransactions can do to, you know, um, you know, children or 2K. They jumping on the bandwagon, too, with the gambling thing. You know, everything just going downhill as far as microtransactions. And the problem is they, like you said before, they too busy focusing on the microtransactions instead of the actual gameplay, the core gameplay. And, you know, that's why, you know, people don't really buy Madden or none of that no more because, like, y'all basically adding on the exact same thing that y'all been doing for years. Like, we asking for something different, but y'all too busy focusing on the microtransactions and we don't want that. You know, it's just, it's crazy nowadays. It's very, very crazy. Okay, so we're getting getting too video game heavy here. (laughs) Let's talk about going downhill. Going downhill? Yeah. (laughs) Cocaine. Uh, okay, that was a bit of a shift. That was a ter- <laughs> that was terrifying. So here on um, Young Dumb and Alive, we don't, you know, recommend or advise drug use. You know, we do not condone using- use of any illegal substances. If you live in right. Colorado and you want to smoke weed, go ahead. I mean, right. I guess if you're in Oregon and you want to do heroin, it's legal now. So I mean. <laughs> Wait, really? Is really is really? Oh illegal? yeah, like uh, a few illegal? a few months ago. Uh, I'll let me pull up the article here so I can give you the list. Um, what? Oregon, it's like Oregon <laughs> drug. Oregon's having a good time. So Wait, Oregon, heroin. Shoot. All right, listen to this. Oregon becomes the first U.S. state to decriminalize possession of hard drugs. Um, so I'm trying to find the list, but they. Um, all right. They decriminalize possession of hard drugs, including heroin, cocaine, and LSD. What? All right. Well, I can't speak on heroin. Yeah, we 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 had uh, here we had a talk before the podcast, and I had to stop it because we were getting so heavy into it. I'm like, holy shit, this is good content <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah. So, cocaine, right? That's what I started about. I was on, you know, browsing on TikTok, right? As 20-year-olds do when they got nothing to do. Absolutely Man, nothing we to do. all in quarantine. We ain't got nothing better to do with our lives. Right. Man, we never had anything really to do before the fucking COVID even came. Right. So, <laughs> I was on TikTok, and I saw this thing about Gordon Ramsay exploring how cocaine is made. Mm-hmm. Now, before you want to use that cocaine, before you just need that energy... Why don't you just look at an energy drink first before you want to get that high? Because you don't want this shit going up your nose. I'll tell you what. So you from the video, before? no, but I just have heard <laughs> how it's fucking made, and I don't want to. Uh, so Ben researched it and found something else. So evidently, there's multiple ways the cocaine is made. So this is how I heard. So <laughs> it's cocoa leaves ground up. It's not and cocoa, they, it's coca. It's a different plant, but it's really similar. Okay. Right. Cocoa so, is like chocolate. So, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So that's ground up with gasoline poured on that. First of all, I wouldn't want gasoline in my system. Well, that's not where it ends, okay? No, they pour sulfuric be. acid. Sulfuric acid. You know what sulfuric acid does to someone, right? Yeah. It makes a motherfucker look like me. 
That's what it does. <laughs> so that's, you know, mixed with water <laughs> and poured all over. Uh, so then yeah. once they mix it, they mix it. They, like, kind of stir it, mm-hmm. almost like churning butter. Mm-hmm. And they pour battery acid to separate the gasoline and the acid from the cocaine water. Hold on, real quick. You know what's crazy about sulfuric acid? What's up? I got my McDonald's honey mustard here because I got a 10-piece McNugget, not sponsored, but hey, McDonald's, if you want to sponsor us, go ahead and hit me up. Right. Um, <laughs> Free McNuggets. Yeah. Check this out. McDonald's honey mustard ingredients. I'm looking at the, the little packet right now. Water, sugar, soybean oil, distilled vinegar, mustard seed, honey corn, or honey and corn, egg yolks, salt, turmeric, white wine, Paprika extract. White wine? Yeah, I guess so. Yeast. All those things are kind of normal, right? Like, those all sound like food items, you know? Mm. Right. This honey mustard got sulfuric acid in it. Holy shit, you're on cocaine. I I guess. (laughs) Well, if if you, you know, uh, exclude the battery acid and the... It's it's under the section Coca. that says contain oh. less than one percent of. Right. Man. So you only got less of one percent. Yeah, you cocaine. have the, like the higher percentage. Oh, you're screwed. Right. Like your 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 digestive system would be all kinds of fucked How up. How would you know? Bro, they just they just huh? they just. How would you know? <laughs> cocaine. What, how would you know? <laughs> you you I'm done cocaine, saying, Fonte? You got something to tell us? You, no, I never done cocaine, but I'm just saying cocaine can destroy people. Like internal I mean, organs and shit. Of course, of Look course. at Demi Lovato. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she did a little more than you know. Y'all ain't gonna cocaine. talk about my girl Demi. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna talk about her, man. She may have done a little bit more than just cocaine, but like, I mean, come on. Didn't like, she do heroin? Listen, listen, everybody, listen, everybody in the Hollywood world done drugs. Okay, look at Juice World. Hey, I mean, not everybody. Well, hey, I'm, hey, I'm just saying. Look, look what happened. He can't him. even defend himself. Little peep. Okay, he can't defend himself either. Um, he literally else? just listing dead people. Right. Pepsi. Like, all these people done drugs, man. I mean, we like, to talk about people in the Hollywood doing drugs. Let's look at Snoop Dogg. I mean, come on. Yeah. The man smokes. But, but that's, this, mar- that's, that's marijuana, This okay? man smokes marijuana more has... in a day than the entirety of Florida is a state. But would you rather <laughs> smoke weed or you rather do cocaine? Which one you want to do? I'm Cause honestly good Because one, on one, one of Bro, them. did you just say you'd rather do coke? No, After I, me just explaining, no, no, I said I'm good on both. Oh, but one like, does good, have do one again. does have like multiple health benefits. I heard was just weed. I heard because you know they use weed for like medical marijuana for people who have like um, you know. Um, I said, I mean, I mean, medical marijuana is a thing. Like, I don't care what your local health expert, like AKA you know your Ohio lawmakers, tell you or whatever. And they're like, no, don't don't legalize marijuana. It's a bad drug. Blah blah blah. My grandfather has really it. bad chronic seizures because he had a work accident when he worked in a print shop and mm. got ink shot into his eye. He's half blind oh and the ink got behind the eye socket and into like his into like his cranial cavity and gave him seizures. And oh the God. only way that he has been able to stop those seizures for the last 20 years of his life so far has been mar- medical marijuana. Getting high like a motherfucker. See, I'm telling you. 
But that, but don't smoke too much though, because you will shake like a motherfucker. Oh, we wouldn't know. Yeah, take take that from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, but like, I'm just saying, like, we want to talk about people in Hollywood doing drugs and shit. Like, Snoop Dogg smokes weed every fucking day. We already know. Waka Faka Flame but, just hired a couple years ago. A fucking he hired someone paid sixty five grand a year just to roll his blunts every day. I mean, Chief Keep done that too. Chief Keep done that too. Chief Keep done that. I know. G Herbo and all them. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, a lot of people have done that. But then, like, but I'm just saying, I'm just using like Snoop Dogg as an example, because Snoop Dogg, you know, he's been around the business for thirty plus years. Yeah, absolutely. And this man is still going strong. He's still living his life. He ain't doing dumb shit. He ain't, you know, walking off of his private plane dying. Sorry, Juice, but like, you know. Um, Rest in peace, the goat. Oh yeah, that's a piece of juice, most definitely. Uh, let's not go into the goat tactic, that 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 topic. All right, here. listen here. Okay, that's a good ass conversation really, for you right what? now. You know what? You know who the goat is? The goat is easily Drake right now. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Define define what you mean, goat? Because okay. goat can that, be yeah, that's subjective. By, yeah. It's very subjective. So what is GOAT to you? Well, GOAT may, means the greatest of all time, but if we're talking about the greatest of all time rappers, it's not Juice World and it's not Drake. Okay, are we talking about... And can we can we put Drake in the rap category? Because he That's what I'm everything. getting at, because if Drake was exclusively a rapper, we could put him in the yeah, conversation. Yeah. But 80% of his music ain't even rap. I, don't, I can't think of more than five rap songs he's made since Take Care. Easy. That was, Ew, man. We can, easy. We can name Money a few. in the Grave. There's back one. to back. We got one. Six God. <laughs> ten bands. What other? What other? Uh, All uh, me. Pound cake. All oh, easy. Easy. <laughs> easy. I, I just put pound cake six. in the rap category, though. That's a little okay, more R&B, but okay. I can say that. But I, like, what I you gave mean? You, he I gave you five. I gave you five. Easy. All right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll say this. If someone rapping in a song makes it a rap song, then... We need to include Marshmallow in this topic. <laughs> He's a producer. That doesn't count. But that's my point. His shit ain't but rap. Drake but he gets rappers rap- on his tracks and they rap in his oh, music. Oh, no, so you're bringing out the smacking. <laughs> I'm smacking my fist into my fucking hand because Drake <laughs> is hey, not listen, a rapper I'm going to tell y'all who's really the GOAT of the, of, the, of the rap genre. I will tell y'all. I'm going to tell y'all who's really Who? the GOAT. J. Cole. Easily J. Cole. He's up there. Uh, he's he's up there. The, here's my thing about J. Cole. I don't know. I don't know if I could put okay. J. Cole as the goat of any genre. But that okay, is, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we talking about new school as the goat, or are we talking about old school? Like we're talking about old school. One goat. We can only really be. There can only be real it, one it, goat. A goat yeah. is the greatest of all time. But, so but then includes, again, you could you could you could say that about basketball. People say LeBron's the goat, or Jordan's the goat. You know, it's multiple opinions. That's a whole other argument. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, but, but I'm that's just the saying, point of having but, the conversation. Is like there's multiple opinions on it. Like you know, people say Michael Jordan's the goat, never lost in the NBA Finals, and so many rings and whatever. Or, or Kobe. Yeah, you there's say Kobe could be the goat. Like you know, R.I.P. to Kobe, though. By the way. So I mean, the thing is, is there are various goats for different things. Like Kobe is the goat scorer. Like there's no doubt in my mind, nobody is a better. Nobody has ever been, and hope I, I hope that nobody ever will be, because I don't want anyone to take that title from Kobe. But Kobe is the goat of scoring points. I'm putting on the laces. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, all right. Well, you know. Okay, but okay. Listen. So I just gave you 
five Drake songs easy, right? That's and every album he drops, he drop he makes sure he drops multiple genres in those albums. But that's what I'm saying. He's he's since he really but then how he's doing different. Then how can he not be the goat when he's literally doing? Like you should see the numbers this guy pulls in any genre. Well, I get that, but like. So then, how could you not call him the goat when he's just so successful? It's like Jay Z. It's like, in my opinion, Jay Z isn't top five, but he pulls top five numbers. What? You and that's why he, people you don't put think him he's top, top five. five. I don't think he's top five. What? Okay. I don't think. He's Listen, top five. I'm a, all right. If if we really gonna be serious, I'm gonna tell you who's the goat. What name is more popular than Drake? What name is more popular than Drake? I mean, I can name multiple. No, just one. Just name one. And he's a rapper. Just name one. Eminem. Exactly. Eminem is hands down the GOAT. Hands down. Like, Here's, I don't care what nobody so, says. So Eminem. if y'all want my top five, I can give you my top five real easy. It's not hard. Go ahead. I put Eminem at number one. Uh, I have me it, too. I have a tie for number two. Now, what is that? to go into what this, I have to say I have to say this before I go into it. I put these people at number two because with what they were able to release, it was amazing. And they had a lot of potential, and I think that they may even have taken the top spot if they hadn't died so young. So it's like a double number two spot goes to Biggie and Pac. Oh, okay, yes. Um, yeah. Number three, I would probably hand that to either Jay-Z or Kanye, one of the two of them. Take your pick. Kanye. I don't care. Kanye. i put Jay-Z on. I mean, Jay-Z and Kanye are two different styles of rappers, and they've both they done really two are. different things to define rap as a genre. Like, But watch the throne? Oh, man. I was going to say, now like, Jay-Z, one, Jay-Z... That's legendary, man. The thing about Jay-Z that a lot of people don't realize is, like, so, you know, even a lot of young people will put Biggie and, Jay-Z, uh, Biggie and Pac up on their top five list just because, you know, Biggie and Pac were such a huge deal. They both put out amazing mm. music, and they both died extremely young. Um, and so, like, you know, people our age and people older than us talk about Biggie and Pop like they're the gods of rap. Um, mm. And so, like, even younger people, like teenagers nowadays, know who they are. But Jay-Z, the difference between Jay-Z and them, I think, is Jay-Z was putting out genre-defining music at the same time that they were. But Jay-Z didn't die. And what Jay-Z did is he tried to keep changing what he was doing to the point that when I was in my like mid to late teens, his music was kind of going downhill. Oh yeah, and that was just because he was like trying to milk the cash cow a little too much. I feel like, like you look at Snoop Dogg been around for thirty years. This man puts out one album like every six seven years. Like he does not put out albums on a regular basis. But like that's because I mean, he has like quality control. He doesn't want to put out something that's going to be bad. You know, a good example of milking the cash cow is Eminem. Like, this dude, you know, as good as he is, you know, there becomes a point where his albums just aren't as good anymore. For example, Revival. That was the worst Eminem album I ever heard. Okay, Revival is the worst Eminem album out of all of his albums, both statistically and practically. But if you still put Revival against a lot of other albums, it still outsold a lot of them. Yeah, because because of the name itself, it's Eminem. It's the name itself, but this is the person behind the album. You know, this is one of the most popular rappers. Of, uh, not you know, uh, 
both old and the young generation. I mean, yeah, of course it's going to make a lot of money. Well, but I mean, here's the thing about Eminem, right? So that that album we 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 don't we don't talk about that we don't talk no, about we revival. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a terrible. Ass. Just, but but he yeah. redeemed himself though. He redeemed himself say, with Kamikaze. Let's say here's the thing himself. with Eminem, right? Eminem, if you go and look at his discography, he's got like, I'm like he's got like twenty to thirty albums released ever, and out of all those albums, he's had one album that didn't do well, and that was Revival. I you, will say you I don't for, know about 20, 30 albums. No, he does. I, I didn't know this either. I just looked. I wanted to pull up the discography just to get some names to list. Are off you talking quick. about his mixtapes? Because the mixtapes don't count. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some. He had like some other shit that just didn't go as popular, but was still really good that I even forgot about. Like 2006, he released uh, like a little EP with like five tracks on it called "Get the Guns." It wasn't a mixtape. Obviously, like he was already like big at that point. Like, the Eminem show was 2002. That was awesome. um, and like Okay, his well, first... hear me out here, though. So, my argument on why I could put Drake... Uh, I mean, I kind of said it as a hot take. Drake is number one. In all reality, talent-wise, Eminem is my number one rapper. But if you think about the GOAT, like, just when you think of an artist, what do you think the GOAT is, right? You think the Beatles, right? Honestly. You think the Beatles because of why, numbers and stuff. Why do you think the Beatles is the GOAT? That's the question. That That's the thing that I wanted to get at in the conversation. The Beatles aren't but number here, one because of sales. Sales does not make someone number one. No. No, see, this is the argument I have with Fonte a lot. So I don't think sales makes you number one. You obviously have to have talent in order to for me to even like you because mm-hmm. I have a pretty strict taste. Yeah. So Drake obviously isn't the best rapper but he is the most successful artist because you can't you can't sit there and say you know the beatles during a time where there's not as many artists because think about how hard it was to make it then versus now we have people making one hit wonders every day here yeah and then you see drake crushing every single album like it doesn't even matter if it's good at that point it reaches the numbers but then again, that's the same concept with Eminem. Like, the reason yeah. Revival still put out such good numbers is because it was an Eminem album. Drake right, could right. put out literally... I, I bet you Drake could put out an album full of fart noises and he would still sell millions. Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah. Because it's got his name on it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but so what the point I was getting at with It would be that, you. It would be you bringing up fart noises. <laughs> it really would be. <laughs> it would be me, but anyway... Uh, what I was getting at with Eminem, though, is what makes Eminem the GOAT is the genre-defining shit that he did. That's also what makes Beatles the GOAT, and Elvis Presley the GOAT, and Michael Jackson the GOAT. All of these artists did something that defined a genre. Like, oh, yeah. the Beatles are considered the GOAT of music, quote-unquote, because of how big they were. But the Beatles, in actuality, aren't the GOAT of music. The Beatles are the GOAT of boy bands. If you really yeah. look into the history of the Beatles and who they were and what they were, the Beatles were the first boy band to really make it big. Right. Yeah. 
And that's oh, what made them so big. Like, we can thank, like, the, re- the reason they're considered the GOAT is because we wouldn't have groups like the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, even BTS, like the, the K-pop group that all the teenage girls will listen to nowadays. We wouldn't have any of that if it weren't for the Beatles. Because the Beatles pioneered that entirely. Rock and big roll. Big Time Rush is the GOAT. Big Time Rush as well. They were a boy band. Big, yeah. like, Elvis They're Presley the is the king of rock Dang, and roll. Go. We can thank Elvis Presley. The thing is, Elvis Presley, if we, if you were to have to try and name a singular goat of music, it would be Elvis Presley. Because if you really look into the history of music, Elvis Presley defined the transition from racist music to music music. Mm. That sounds weird, but if you really go back in the history of music, most music, I don't, I'm not trying to talk down to any anyone listening in another country, but like, Music is lar- music and media are largely defined by the United States. And in the United States, until Elvis Presley, music was literally, there were two kinds of music. There was white people music, which was country. And then there was black people music, which was Motown. And Motown birthed rap, hip hop, R&B. And country birthed rock pop and all of you know just think about what what kind of music you see people listen to i'm not trying to get all racial about anything but like this is just literally where music came from and elvis was the first artist to get edgy with it like elvis would wear outfits and dance dances that like would make parents cry like when they find out that their 15 year old kids are listening to elvis presley they would shit themselves because he like the way he shakes his hips when he dances back then that was like the equivalent of being a stripper right and so okay like well, the, their genre defining michael jackson essentially created the genre that we now know as pop right and so like all these people are considered the goats of their genres because they did something that defined it eminem okay. did something that defined rap he transitioned rap from being like remember like rap before eminem came along rap, rap before the 90s was like Think of like, um, like hardcore, like talking about like how, you know, people like used to like, like, you know, selling dope in the street to make money. Basically, he was talking about their own stories that involved crime. Yeah. But in like Eminem, he basically he made it from being a weirdo. Well, say what? what no, Eminem, no, no, what, no. He no, he. I mean, yeah, but at what, the same time, Eminem, he he spoke about you know, his feelings or his addiction that what he was going through. No no other rapper didn't really talk about that at the time. Or, you know, talk about, uh, you know, suicide. He talked about that, you know. he right. He's talked about a lot of things that most rappers talk about nowadays that they didn't talk about back then at all. I'll okay, say, I think we have one la- one last topic in us, and okay, I think you let can me, tie just, into this, but go ahead. I say, I just want to finish the last thing I wanted to say there is so, like, what Eminem did do for rap, like what makes him genre defining is before Eminem came along, there were two kinds of rap. There was run DMC kind of rap and then there was storytelling on the streets rap. Run DMC right. rap was rap that was more tilted towards pop, really similar to like Outkast. Well, like yeah. earlier Outkast. Outkast kind of changed about, mid midway through and the, you know. Um like hey ya Outkast. Um and then there was like what you were talking about, Fonte, like telling stories about selling dope on the street corners as a part of a game to try and make money, to make ends meet, to pay your bills. Um, what Eminem did is Eminem proved to the world that you could rap about anything. You can rap as aggressively as you want, and you can rap about anything. 
and make it sound good. Like, yeah, you have Eminem rapping in songs, like, all the way, like, Ethan talked about suicide, talking about Stan. Like, his fan that killed himself because Eminem didn't respond to his letter because it got lost in the fan mail. And that, like, right, he was yeah. rapping very, like, a very rapping, nice yeah. flow through the whole song, but it was very much a solemn song. It was not a song that was like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to get this nice hard-ass beat that makes you really hype. Like, it was just raw. And then you have songs Eminem used to make, like, just think about any Eminem song. Eminem is known for being aggressive as hell. Well, or just pure comical, too. I mean, it's yeah, crazy like if you think about the span he, of his music, because he went from Not Afraid to, like, Collapse, Stan, like, the variety of his music is crazy. Exactly. What he was able to do is he was able to prove to the world that you could rap about anything and make it sound good. And without Eminem, we wouldn't have artists like Juice World who rap about depression and suicide. We wouldn't have artists like Drake that rap about getting money and like the way that they rap. Like all of these people getting broken up with. All of these people are like d- like would not be would not be able to make the music they are able to make if not for the the road that Eminem walked before them. Okay, I agree with that. That's kind of okay. why what I was getting at there with that. Now, if you want to go into another topic here, we got about, I'd say about 15 minutes left here. We can right. kind of move into another topic. So, I just wanted to get that out. So this is a heavy hitter, mm-hmm. and I was saving this towards the end. And unfortunately, we won't get as much time into it as I wanted. Mm-hmm. But if we need to go over, we can go over. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of how music changes throughout generations... The media and social media is a big reason why that stuff changes. Now, my question is, is exactly how is social media affecting today's society? Is it basically controlling it or do you think it's more of a side thing? In my opinion, I think it's really controlling today's society because you go anywhere most of your information is on social media. Yeah, yeah. People aren't reading the newspaper. Social media kind of runs the world. So I like how you... I would say so. It works really well how you said that it ties into our previous conversation about music. So to kind of like transition it nicely and and also kind of give you my answer and my explanation as to why I feel the way I do, with music specifically, think back to the year 2000. Think back to the 90s. Artists that made it big didn't make it big because of social media. They had to go and record something in a studio and make a cassette tape or a CD and hand it out to people until it got to a record label. Then they had to sign a record deal. Now they can reach everyone. Nowadays, like something like 30% of the top 100 rappers are SoundCloud artists. They're people who literally just recorded shit in their house on their computer, like their MacBook, with a shitty mic from Best Buy, and everybody liked it on there because anybody anywhere can get SoundCloud and listen. They don't need a record label. They don't need a newspaper. And so you have like this aspect of where you're now inter you're automatically interconnected to everyone. You don't Mm -hmm. need a marketing agency to do that. Um, You don't need that anymore. And so, like, where things kind of, like, where it goes to, like, how it controls everyone is you think about what you see on social media and how it defines you. And, like, it used to be 
when you were young, like when we were young before social media really took off, like I remember when I was really young, Facebook wasn't even a thing yet. It was MySpace. And then Facebook came when I was like in my teens. Like I was like 13, I think, when Facebook happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And when all that stuff happened, it was like everything changed because you became instantly connected everywhere. You were no longer connected to the people around you and whatever friends you made and the business cards you handed out. You could post on social media about your business or something and potentially reach millions of people instantly. Well, I mean, and podcasts like these weren't even around. Like, we created a podcast so easily. Exactly. We'd have to make a radio show back in 2000. Oh, yeah. You'd have to 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 pray. You'd have to go to a radio station, pitch your show, hope like hell that they like it, and get a deal signed just to get put on the airwaves. Oh, yeah. And and nowadays, you know, like, you know, this podcast where we got this thing up in like a week or something. Um, Right. And, you know, and um, luckily with, um, you know, the company that we're using for um, this podcast, Anchor, you know, it's making it so easy to distribute to like the major markets like Spotify, iTunes, where people mostly listen to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's companies nowadays that encourage people to get creative, to go the extra mile to reach yeah. their dream. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. Um, honestly, I think social media has you know has paved the way for a lot of people, but it's also have cons too. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, sure. social social media, like you said, when we was little, we was you know, I remember not being on my phone all the time. I remember you know going outside, meeting new people, having fun. Was just kicking it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I mean, shit. When when we were kids, me and Ethan would like the we had cell phones or whatever we could text each other on. But like, if we wanted to like hang out, it was walk over to the front door and knock and hope like hell they're home. Yeah, you know literally. What? Like it was, it was all it was more adventurous back then. Nowadays, you know, social media. They how I explain it. It it gets off like. False expectations for every single thing. I say, uh, like, where social media controls the world is so it used to be that, like, you you remember when we were growing up. I know you both remember this because we're all close to the same age. When we were growing up, what defined what you wanted? Like, if you wanted a toy or if you wanted a, a certain brand of clothing, what defined that? Like, what what if you think back, what made you – I know I know from Ethan at least, and I'm pretty sure, Fonte, you kind of the same. We all kind of, like, stand Nike shoes. What made us do that? Mm-hmm. Like, what, who or what created that that desire in you? I'm curious to hear it from you guys because I know my answer. I think my, mine's, mine's what, you know, why I used to wear certain things because, you know, TV commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, commercials really played a, a huge part of, you know, all of us. You know what I'm saying? And then seeing other people wearing it and you see a mass majority of people wearing it, like, right. at school, for example. Like, well, you go I mean, to class and you see... People wearing some type of you know clothing like like back then uh <laughs> rock aware or oh lord rock aware <laughs> yeah Timbaland you know all that stuff like back then like well, yeah. tell me why as soon as I put LeBron James shoes on I felt like I could dunk okay there you, you go Ethan. back at it now there you go Ethan you know I had to put my hoop on seven and a half and could barely touch net 
Well, no, they're, and they're, then nowadays, if I wear fuck like now, if I wear champion, that shit's cool. Yeah. I wear that shit back in the day. I would get roasted for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like that's the thing. So basically, what I'm getting at here and asking that question of you guys is so with with what you with your answer, Fonte, um, uh, what what happened was so yes, you saw commercials, but what the big thing that drove people to wear Nike shoes, to wear Jordans, to wear LeBrons was the magnitude of the person behind them. People wore Jordans because Michael Jordan was larger Jordan, than life, yeah. and it was their way that they could feel connected to that. They could feel yeah, like they were a part of his legacy and like who he is as a person. If they felt like he represented what they yeah. wanted to wear, and a lot of people did. That's why those brands grew. That's why Nike became so huge, and why everybody, you know, you wore Nike shoes, you were like, that was good. You wore Jordans or LeBrons, all right, you're respected because you, you have those expensive shoes, and like Mike, uh, not Michael. I'm sorry, Macklemore. What I wanted to get at too is like Macklemore even made a song about it, kind of outlining it, on how Michael Jordan and Phil Knight, the CEO of Nike, literally duped the world into buying into their brand through right, Michael yeah. Jordan's pa- uh, partnership, and then through that, you know, that paved the way for LeBron's <laughs> partnership and all of that. Um, back then, we decided who we were, what standards we had based on celebrities which was a huge talking topic back in the day because it was like oh but you know celebrities are not you and like their lives are different than yours but we wanted to define ourselves with who we considered to be the best among us which would be those celebrities those people we'd see you know doing things like you know back in the day like just back to say 1950 for someone to be considered a national hero like that was like chuck yeager the first pilot to break the speed of sound um, they were considered national heroes, or like Louis Armstrong, the the first man to cross the Atlantic Ocean in a single flight. Literally went from New York to London without stopping. Like these were people who were doing crazy things. They were considered national heroes, like awarded Medal of Honor and stuff. Nowadays, like and then like you go up to like say 1980 and newer, people are considered national heroes for other things like music and arts and sports and that's fine but like we defined what we wanted and who we wanted to be based off of who we considered to be the best with social media we gave everybody a voice it used to be that only people who could have a voice were like celebrities because they were the only people who had the reach to like reach everyone if you were on tv or national radio or something you were considered like a celebrity like even local news station anchors were considered celebrities because everyone in the city knew who they were and like they could reach you know thousands and thousands of people in a matter of minutes but but like you know your average joe couldn't do that with social media now anyone can do that and now everybody has a voice which in one sense is good but the problem with that is now people define themselves based off of other people you can thank social media for the fact that Champion became a popular brand because basically it probably goes back, I don't know who it was, but it probably goes back to like one YouTuber or one Viner, you know, name a social media platform. Someone who got popular on that platform wore Champion in their videos, you know, probably because, you know, they didn't have a lot of money and so they went to Walmart and bought Champion stuff. And now all of a sudden everybody started buying Champion 
So now Champion, you know, capitalized on that. They increased their prices. They changed the stores where you can buy Champion stuff. You can't even buy Champion at Walmart anymore. You only can really buy it at, like, more specialty stores like Finish Line. Um, and so they changed their brand, and now everybody kind of buys it from there because it's popular because of social media. People don't even get their news from the news anymore. People get their news from social media, which in one sense is good because news outlets are in fact biased. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to say fake news or some dumb shit like that, but like news outlets are biased. And so, but then again, everyone is biased. So the problem is like you think about cancel culture. One person says, you know, hey, fuck this dude. Oh, that's a whole other topic. We want to say that for yeah. another time. For well, no, yeah, we can go in depth on that in another time. But, like, one person says, hey, yo, fuck this dude. And everybody who follows them on social media is Jumps on, on board on the train. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so we let social media define who we are. And it, it's kind of like not social media's fault in a sense, but it's kind of a, the fault of an underlying our, human condition. How we, like... Yeah. As human beings, being social creatures, we don't define ourselves be- through ourselves 90% of the time. We define ourselves through other people. And with social yeah, media, everybody has a voice. You can define yourself based off of, like, for, for example, you know, I don't want to get too in-depth on anything or name any names. I don't want to expose anybody. But I know someone who has a younger sister who is 13 years old who has decided that she is, uh, like, pansexual or whatever. I don't even remember mm. it all. But she just decided all this stuff about herself because of TikTok, because she mm. follows some content creators on that application who identify as that. And now someone who is a minor who has not fully developed their brain has decided that they're going to be this, which, you know, everybody decides who they're going to be hot at some point in their take. life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but they're, hot take. But they're I mean, making. But yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, I mean, yeah, social media affected everybody like, you know, um. You know, when you see somebody doing one thing, everybody jump on the crowd, and you know, everybody just doing the same thing that that one person, uh, you know, was originally doing. And you know, like especially for kids, like you know, kids, they, you know, they can, you know, they're very in, in impressionable. So exactly. you got to be careful what you're doing on social media. But at the same time, it's not the kid's fault; it's the parents' fault. Yeah, because you know, the, <laughs> the parents should be, you know, monitoring them. And you know, like telling them like, no, don't be like this. Like you know, everybody should be accountable for their own actions, including the parents. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody should be held themselves accountable. But I don't know. It's it's a weird ass time. That's all I can. I say. It's a weird ass time. I think we could do a whole episode on this topic. To be honest with we you, we really could. We like really that's could just such a deep topic. Like just to talk about and go in depth on and talk about how social media has really defined a generation and and like the generation did not define themselves social media defined them you know it used to be in the past where like generations were defined based on world events like i still have my great-grandparents alive my great-grandpa fought in world war ii my great-grandparents were defined based on the fact that they grew up during the great depression and fought a world war they became the men and women that they are and were because of what they had to go through. And as we've become more interconnected as people, generations are now becoming more and more defined based off of more trivial things. Like our generation even, you know, like our generation is defined by really two things, 9-11 and celebrities. 
The younger generation, people born after 2000, are more defined on social media as they were coming onto the age where they could, you know, access technology and stuff. Social media was becoming a thing. And their whole lives have been centered and defined by it. They didn't define themselves like how, say, my great-grandparents did. My great-grandparents defined themselves and shaped themselves into strong individuals because it's what they had to do. You had to be strong to survive the Great Depression. You had to be strong to storm Normandy Beach on D-Day and live through that. Like, my great-grandfather was there on D-Day, on on the beach in Normandy. And, like, you had to be hella strong to survive that and to come out in one piece and not have PTSD and curl up in a ball every time you hear an explosion like a firework or something. They define themselves to be strong because it's what they needed. And as Uh, the world has needed less and less strong people, people have stopped defining themselves and let other people define them through, you know, after 1950, people were defined by celebrities like baby boomers, like my grandfather. He was defined by the advent of popular cinema as as movies and TV shows became something that you could have in your home with the advent of television. And then even my mother and my, my father, you know, uh, the generation they're, they're also well they're not they're like that weird middle gen I don't remember what their actual generational number is but like my my parents were largely defined by the advent of popularized media like more so with like sitcoms and you know more casual TV shows less movies as my grandfather was and they were defined by music as music became more popular and then you have well, us and I mean, you know we were we all came into being at like the height of Hollywood and celebrities. And it's interesting you mentioned that. We were defined by those people. Right. It's interesting you mentioned that because I was just thinking as you were talking. Um granted a lot of people saw the cinema like when it came out and was like, Oh, I want to be on the big screen. But compare like cu- like married couples now versus you barely see any married couples now due to social media. Well, you that's know that not like you know that like sixty percent of couples don't stay together past the ten year mark. Well, hold on, let me because my point was getting into that. Couples back then, back when you know our grandparents were being raised, you never heard of divorces. In fact, my great the dream have been American for dream years. Right, you remember the American dream was to, you know, be married, have kids with the white picket fence. The American dream now is to make a big, make big money, get anything you want. It shit, doesn't necessarily mean fans. have kid. Right, shit, I start one now. I'm about to. Don't, just don't do that. <laughs> In the description is my only, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. He's joking, y'all. Link, he do not links, have an only Links fans. down below, boys. Links down below. <laughs> boys, stop it. <laughs> and girls, just in case. Get a BPC here. I just wanted to add real quick, completely off topic and kind of weird. I just turned around to look at my girlfriend on the bed behind me, and she's putting Reese's kisses, or Reese, I'm sorry, Hershey's kisses on my cat and trying to make my cat look like a stegosaurus. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a good note to end it on. Um, I, just, I turn around, and I just see, like, silver things on my cat. I'm like, what on earth? And I'm like, oh, they're Hershey kisses. And she's like, well, now that you shaved her. Hopefully that fur will go back pretty quickly, because, like, I want her to be nice and fluffy and soft again. Not like a rat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this first episode of our podcast. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say? Um, 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to just, you know, thank you guys for having me on here for this episode. You know, I look forward to being on for future episodes and such. Um, But, you know, thank every thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast and coming out, you know, supporting us. You know, if you if you enjoyed this, you think you might know someone who enjoyed it. Go ahead and, you know, let them know. Uh, We're pretty new at this point. And, you know, hopefully down the road, we'll have people coming back and listening to this episode after we've, you know, got a couple people listening and have, you know, a following and people who enjoy this every week uh, and can kind of hear where we kind of got our start, like how this first podcast went, how poorly polished it is and how bad we are at talking. <laughs> um, and kind of get to see that progression and growth. So, I mean, I just hope everybody enjoyed. And again, you know, guys, thanks for having me on this time. Oh, no, anytime, anytime. Um, for anybody that listens to our podcast, you got anything in mind that you want to talk about, please, you know, um, you know, uh, email us or whatever. Um, Our social media will be in the description of most the def- podcast. Most definitely, and you, you know, give us a, give us a you know feedback too, also, because you know this like like he said, what Ben said, this is our first poorly polished episode. Yeah, but stay tuned because it's gonna get a lot better and a lot more interesting. Of course, and I want to end on the note that you know, if you like Ben's face, he is part of the team. You know, he's around, just you won't hear him much until I guarantee you we're gonna put this fucker on our podcast regardless. Because <laughs> Fonte and I don't know what the fuck to do without it, so uh, yeah, that is why he's our point. production manager. Yeah. So <laughs> as you can tell, we need him. So <laughs> shout out to Ben, man. Yeah. Shout out to him. Man. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, guys, always make sure you're young, dumb, Dumb and and alive. alive.